G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. Hey, it is great to have you here listening in today. My name is Lockie and I'm the host of this experience and really my job is to help guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow in your faith all throughout the week. Today, I sit down with Riley Brown and we unpack the second part of a series that we're currently in called Taking Responsibility for Your Life. And we really look into this concept that you reap what you sow. So we chat about, hey, is that just karma or is there a real Christian principle behind that? Plus many more questions. Hey, we really hope you enjoy this episode of the Beyond the Message podcast. Mr. Riley Brown, are you taking responsibility for your life? <laughs> is this God? Intervention, <laughs> and the people have never jumped onto a BTM before. It just sounds like this big, like check-in. I, uh, like, <laughs> I am irresponsible. Come on, I'm trying to. I was, you know, when you like, I don't know. Like, I, I know you doing chaplaincy like you, there's mm. probably like a life lesson that you've lived right and you want to share it with a young person because you're just like learn from my mistakes young person and you just have this great life lesson life lesson but you don't have like a great story to go with it sure i feel like when it comes to hey we reap what we sow um and like, hey, learn from my irresponsible mistakes I've made in the past. Take responsibility for your own life. This is just one of those ones where there's just so many stories you can probably use that mm-hmm. like, I can't even think of, you know, there's just probably many moments in my life of just irresponsibility. Um, to think of one right now where I just go, that was super irresponsible, so hard, because I think there's just such a forest of them. Um, mm-hmm. So... It's that whole analogy of like sometimes it's it's hard to find the one tree in the whole forest. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, to be honest. I was just going for the uh, the intro. I mean, I'm pretty sure I opened last week's podcast with Chris just the same way. And I actually forget what he said, but he de- definitely didn't take it as seriously as you, which is usually the other way around. If you listen to the Beyond the Message podcast for um, any length of time, you'd know that Riley and I struggled to get the conversation moving from banter and Chris and I have no issues in just getting yeah, into the content. That. Just reckon, do we just put it out there that Chris doesn't like banter? Hey, Is Chris listening? Oh, yeah. well, let's, let's just, let's just see if Chris listens. Chris doesn't like banter. Let's just say it. Let's just put it out there. Banter King. <laughs> Chris, we love you. And uh, we love that we just get straight into our conversations, but. Um, right. Today, Chris. Yes. Lucky. I'm really excited. Um, last week was awesome. Take, taking responsibility for your life, part one. You hit us with part two this week, Riley. And really, we're trying to identify the things that we're responsible for. And this big bottom line that we're driving home is, is we reap what we sow later and greater. Um, and Riley, we're going to get into our questions today. And I was wondering about this. And you did mention karma. You did try and differentiate this between, um, you know, this concept and karma. But is reaping what we sow a Christian principle? And is it kind of like karma? Like, is that the same kind of thing that we're trying to deal with? And, you know, is that then essentially a Christian thing? Um, yeah, it's not. But I like, and I think this is why I was keen to kind of clarify what really Paul was talking about, which I think it's, I think it's pretty obvious. Like when Paul is really talking about this and also writing 
to the church in Galatia. Um, and he's talking about like, hey, you're going to reap like what you sow, like what you sow, you reap and it will come to you later and it'll come to you greater. And that could be in the best way possible. It could be in a really ugly, messy way too. At the end of the day, what does it look like for you to take responsibility in your life right now? Because ultimately the decisions you make today will determine the story you tell tomorrow. And um, yeah, listen, I understand how it can sound like, uh, you know, particularly at his kind of, his, that challenge we really looked at, that Paul kind of, you know, issued to the church of let us not become weary in doing good at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up like it almost sounds like Paul is introducing the principle of karma here um that your good will kind of come back to you so just keep doing good good deeds because that'll come back to you at some point so so good karma so you can reap good karma type thing but it's it's the wrong way to read it in a sense that Paul is simply reminding us of something that we all know to be true uh, and a principle that God has really given to us and he's built into the the fabric Uh, fabric of the universe it's something that happens within our lives every day whether we are aware of it whether it's just happening um that we will reap what we sow um and it's a it's a crazy thing to be thinking about 24 7 uh you know it's it's just something we have to be really aware of um but not in a scary way i think in a good way because when we can leverage this principle it really can benefit our lives and ultimately benefit our relationships as well yeah definitely i kind of think it's it's just like a law of the universe. You know, if we talk, if we remove the spirituality from it, if you reap, you know, like good habits, you're just going to sow the the benefits of that later and greater. Um, and I don't think, you know, don't want to put this like lens of Christianity on it. That's like you do good and then good will just come to you. Like it's a complex um, faith in the sense of like, yeah, you could give away some money, but it doesn't mean that your bank account is just going to grow it's it's not a it's not a um it's not like a maths equation where it's equal on either side it's yeah it's a whole new way of thinking that that just puts that out um but in a sense like we're still we're still reaping some amazing things later but we can never know what it's going to reap it's not like a, a direct return on investment it's sometimes a bit grayer than that very true and i think this is when like christian faith really wrestles with you know, a, a God who is in the business of heart transformation as well. Um, and this is really like for the followers of Jesus, this is a challenge for us is that we need to start paying attention to, you know, owning our irresponsibility, but also owning our responsibility as well as followers of Jesus as disciples, as students uh, and learners. Because yeah, we got a, we got a heavenly father who's in the business of heart transformation. And it's not just a matter of, yeah, that transaction of good and good exchange. We do good, something will come back to us um you know if anything we're going to endure more challenges more circumstances but that's the whole process of becoming and again uh it's the the underlying it's all it's the big journey of a follower of jesus as well for us in in this small amount of time that we have here on earth as well it's less about what we're doing what we have you know us in our best moments us in our worst um it's it's more about who we're becoming which is a big question to be asking at the start of the year as well yeah that's a that's a great question we're going to let that linger for a little while um, cause Riley in your message, you said that life is connected and I was really just curious as to, um, if you can remember the, exactly where that came from, or just more so the theory and the kind of thoughts behind, yeah, what you mean by life is connected. Yeah. Well, even taking just what we we're talking about then about that process of becoming like, whilst I say, you know, it's a great, um, question to be asking at the start of the year, who am I becoming? It's a question we got to ask every day. Like even at the start of our day, at the end of the day, like, who am I becoming 
um, in the times when, you know, I was really angry, when I was frustrated, um, who am I becoming? What have I learned from that? What can I take away from that? What can I actually uh, bring to a trusted friend and bring to my connect group, bring into my community around me, uh, for people to help me? Um, and at the same time, like, what can I actually bring to God as well? Again, in the business of heart transformation, he just wants our, our heart's attention, not our perfection. Uh, maybe there's some things where you're like, oh, you know, I really want to grow in, in patience. Uh, what does that look like for me to actually take that on? Asking this question of who am I becoming? There's some great fruits um, that, that God really wants us to experience in our life. So when I'm talking about like, you know, our, our life, uh, life being connected, um, really, again, it, it's just hitting that principle of what Paul uh, wrote about uh, to the church in Galatia, that where you are today is the result of decisions that at some point you made in the past and then where you'll be tomorrow is connected what you uh, to what you do today and ultimately what you did yesterday, that there's a relationship between your current irresponsibility and what you can expect in the days and the weeks and the months to come. Again, it's not a short-term thing. It's actually a long-term thing, this process of becoming. So when we uh, hear this, this principle of what you sow, you reap, like, again, it's not good news or bad news. It's just true news and you can ignore it and reap the consequences or you can leverage it uh, and reap the benefits. But at the end of the day, our decisions um, our decisions in life are going to be connected to our past, to our present and to our future as well. Uh, but when we can start to narrow down what actually matters most, um, then we can really begin to have this eternal perspective of the things that matter most, um, how, mm. how we give, um, how we uh, respond to people when they come to us really frustrated or really hurt. Uh, when people come to us with their own burden that they're carrying, well, how do we respond then? Like that actually really matters how we show love. Uh, how do we speak to people with kindness? How we show self-control? These are all the things I think really matters. And it's it's really clear as we read across uh, the Gospels and, uh, yeah, just across Scripture as well as we read the letters of, Paul's, of, uh, of Paul. Uh, these are things that become really clear. Uh, and at the end of the day, in terms of the people that we want to become are things that make me really want to lean into what this Christian faith is all about. Mm. And I, I really like what you touched on there. I think Jesus is more interested in us holistically becoming, you know, a person becoming more like him in all areas of our life. And so we're, you know, in every single area, as you said, like in our empathy and our kindness, in our, in our discipline, like we're all becoming more like Jesus. That's the goal. Um, and we can't, you know, even if we just decide to accelerate one of these areas of our lives and we leave everything behind at the end of the day, that's not that beneficial. Like we, Jesus is, is just like re- restoring and reforming our entire self over the course of a long, a long period of time, or like a lifetime. Um, but I think it's really cool that we can just slowly move in every, in all areas of our lives more like Jesus. Yeah. So Riley, you gave us a big for Monday and that's to identify the things that we are responsible for. And so I just want to ask a really practical question. Like how can we begin to identify that? Is it a really easy answer or is it a bit more complicated than you might have liked? Um, you know, is it is it a, a oh, listen, big, we probably complicated make it as, um, as complicated as we really as we really want to. When it comes to identifying the things that you're responsible for, I think one of you know the helpful tips that Chris kind of gave us last week was really around that um, responsibility circle um, or the circle of blame. When we can kind of draw up a circle, think of a conflict that we might be in right now. Uh, and actually kind of carve out what chunk of that pie, what chunk of that circle is actually our responsibility. Uh, but I think one of the great ways that we can actually come to learn more about identifying our responsibility in that space is by talking it through with somebody else. It's really important 
I think, again, when we talk about life is connected, that ultimately life is better uh, connected. Life is better together. And when we have people who actually understand us, who want uh, the best for us, uh, who have our best interests at heart, um, which, again, when we're talking about heart's attention to God uh, and even opening up in conversation with him, I think this is something we get to do with God, for him to actually reveal to us what we really are responsible for uh, again and, and just keeping it really simple i think there's just really clear things that we can respond to uh, with our ability with what we have what we know who we know about ourselves uh, and a lot of times um, those things are actually choosing to respond in a way that is not always natural to us but is ultimately of benefit to the person across from us and of benefit to ourselves because um, i think there's definitely times when again if someone's coming to me angry and frustrated, I can just respond angry and frustrated. You can just completely mirror the experience back to that person. Um, but what does it look like to actually respond with things that I know I can control? Again, patience, forgiveness, maybe it's an apology, maybe it's self-control. Um, all these things, I think, are ways that we can respond, even though at times the one thing that we really want to do is respond in a way where we can almost have a little bit more control over the person across from us. I think this is when we see those relational conflicts where there's a manipulator, there's someone persecuting, there's someone rescuing, there's someone playing victim, all these roles start popping up. And what we just get is a big, you know, a, a big circle, a big mess um, of, of people trying to either meet different needs or trying to control other people. And it can just get super, super messy. So whilst we can't micromanage the lives of those around us the one thing that we can be responsible for is our own actions um and i think there's some pretty some pretty practical ways to do that and i think part of that is actually paying attention um yeah paying paying attention to the inner conflict within us um you know for some of us we talked about this on sunday we talked about in terms of finances we talked about it you know examples in terms of of friendships but um what if one of the things that i think we can really own and what we can really take responsibility for are the things that actually matter to us the most and if that is your close circle if that's your you know your loved ones if that's your family uh, if, if you feel like right now like hey there is an inner conflict going on there um, that I think I can actually really address and I just can't leave it any longer I just don't want to leave it out there and ignore it any longer what does it look like for you to actually pay attention to that conflict not what's just going on within uh, you know, the relational drama of things amongst other people, what's going on within yourself? Because I think when we begin to actually look at that inner conflict within ourselves and decide to take responsibility for it, that's when we can stop making excuses and really begin to make some progress. And again, in terms of the process of becoming like, this is an awesome opportunity for us to begin to learn more about other people, uh, more about ourselves, but in the same instance, more about God too. Mm. Riley, that was awesome. And I'm really enjoying this conversation so far. Um, let's finish it strong. Oh, one, one more question for you. And I want to kind of see a picture of just what's on the other side of taking responsibility of our lives this week. And particularly, what's on the other side of, of choosing to sow? I don't really know how to say this. Sowing good seeds or, you know, like intentionally sowing this week. Like what, what can we see um, in a month, in a year, in a decade? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think some of the fruits that we can begin to see once we actually begin to make that choice, uh, once we recognize that principle and begin to leverage it again for our benefit, not ignoring it, uh, that we reap what we sow. Um, what we can begin to see is that 
in our behavior, instead of always defending our actions, instead of always feeling the need to make excuses, uh, instead of always living in the, the busy, hurried, rush side of things. Again, I'm just listing things here. Maybe like, this isn't me, but if it is you, like this is definitely me in chapters of my life. Uh, if at, at least in a couple of moments throughout a week as well, um, if you're feeling like you're just rushing at that frantic pace, I think some of the things that you will begin to see uh, is that you're going to become someone who's going to be more reflective. You're going to begin um, to have this behavior of actually reflecting on what's happening within the space of your week, let alone within your day. You're going to be someone who is keen to learn, learn more about yourself, more other, learn more about other people. Uh, and I think you're going to find yourself, yeah, in the same instance, just, uh, just, just really leaning into, again, this process of becoming, know, knowing that this is a long-term game, uh, that we reap what we sow, um, that it's actually something that we get to grow in. And I think you'll find that over time, there's going to be someone that pulls you up along the way. If you commit yourself to this process, if you decide to choose to acknowledge and leverage this principle, um, you're going to find that people are going to come up to you and go, hey, I, I can really see how you've grown. I can mm. really see how you've grown in resilience. I can really see how you've grown uh, in listening to other people. I can see your patience to the point where people will start leaning in and going, hey, what are you what are you doing? Like what's happening? <laughs> like, like how is this? And next minute they're going to start asking questions of like, like why, like, why do you do this? Why do you choose to respond this way? And I think then all of a sudden we start uh, for those of us again, who are followers of Jesus, we begin to see this beautiful model um, of, of who Jesus is. And whilst again, we will never attain that um, it's, it's, this, this beautiful thing of like, I know people in my life that I have learned so much from uh, because they've chosen not to ignore this principle and they truly want to see their own life better off. Mm. Uh, they totally recognize that like, their life is better when it's connected with other people and that they can't ignore how they do their relationships with other people as well. So That's I think so it points to um, not a driven life where it's all rush and hurry, but actually, uh, yeah, a really purpose-driven life with meaning behind it too. That's so good. I really just want to acknowledge that this could be a turning point moment for you and your life and your faith by beginning to start applying some of these quite tricky principles. These are not easy things to, to grip, um, but just know that in, in the space of a week, in the space of a month or a year or a decade, people might not recognize you. It's a, it's a big deal. This is, this is some good stuff. And I um, encourage you to lean into what we're talking about here today. Riley, that brings us to the end of part two for taking responsibility for your life. Thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. We will see you in two weeks in a fortnight. Ooh, how good. That, that's Winter Olympics, like almost done, done by that stage. When you oh, measure it like that, uh, yeah. that's, yeah. I don't know I was, what to say. I was talking to Chris about uh, the curling. I've been really excited about the Australian curling team. We got I heard someone said Australia should be a curling nation. And so we should. And so we should. I think I don't know... Dare I say, I'm just throwing myself out here. I don't think, no, we did great. I was going to say, I don't think we, I think we might've come, we might've have ended up coming 10th in the end, possibly out of 10, but you know what? <laughs> we are a curling nation. We are a curling nation. And I will, yeah. Where did, where's our local curling club? Maybe we could join up. That'd be pretty fun. Outside of, you know, Morton, Morton Bay. Um, area hashtag for Morton. I think that's Brisbane City Council by that stage, Brimble. But I assume I actually think they do just like Friday night free skate type thing. 
Uh, which, so we should bring our curling implements to free skate. Yeah, I reckon we just good. start doing that's good. What's the worst? Let's do it. Hey, guys, I can't go throwing rocks whilst people <laughs> are Hey, we are a curling nation. Nation. I actually well did an awesome job. It was, it was actually really cool to watch. So, it was good. Um, all the curling, but I know there's other exciting things coming up in the Winter Olympics over the next two weeks or so as well, including I've also heard that Jamaica has a bobsled team at this Olympics for 2022. So They should make a movie about it. Honestly, so excited for part four of this podcast, Lockie. Can't wait. About taking responsibility for your life, but also just to see how far the Jamaican bobsled team went. (laughs) We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks so much for jumping on today, Riley. Thanks, Lockie.